The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Here we are, Dave. Can you hear us okay? I can hear you perfectly. Yes, I'm Dave. just listening in. Just listening um, in, Dave. Um, we, uh, Sarah Gander, our uh, incredible guest today, and I are here seeing each other, but we don't see you. You are uh, a black void. Um, I do see your name on the Zoom, but uh, we don't have the pleasure of seeing you. Why, why is that, Dave? It, it, well, and Sarah will appreciate this because I am going for my second uh, shot vaccine. Uh, yes. So I've got, I, I, I've got it scheduled. I, I'm driving in. I got Mary Ellen beside me, my wife. So he's getting her second one where we don't have a bad reaction to it. Um, but uh, I'm really super pumped to uh, hopefully just have this thing so, completed. So, so David, it's, it's, it's the only excuse. It's the only it's the only valid excuse when you have a physician on yes. uh, as well as a, a co-host uh, slash husband of a physician. Uh, <laughs> if it's your second uh, vaccination, you can get out of anything. Uh, isn't that right, right Sarah? You won't feel any worse than what you do to yourself with a few beer on the weekend. Well, then I'll be fine. <laughs> and you do that on purpose. With, so. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so see there, the doctor told me to be fine. I feel great. So oh, Ariel, well, we're be oh, yeah. I guess you won't feel any worse than what a few beer wouldn't fix. Then maybe, yeah. I don't know. Okay. This awesome. isn't advice I can give in a pediatrics office. So I'm just <laughs> going with it. <laughs> well, um, um, and I, and I, Greg, I, you were just talking about Sarah's, uh, like a microphone and that sort of thing. So, and I, I had the pleasure, I don't know if you know this, of being on her podcast. Fantastic. I did not yes. know that. That's exciting. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it was, it generated a number of leads. Thanks, Sarah. And, uh, and we're part of, um, and I think, I feel like you had a hand in this, Sarah, whether it was directly or indirectly, um, but we're part of a, a, a big program where we're delivering coaching to physicians and, and leaders in the healthcare industry, primarily physicians, and uh, really excited to be doing that. And I would say Sarah's kind of a, a bit of a pioneer in, you know, as a physician and using coaching and, and, uh, and then being an advocate and, and actually getting on the podcast and, and really um, making it sound super awesome. So, uh, so thank you, Sarah. You're welcome. welcome. I'm glad that the New Brunswick Medical Society um, is making it a priority because I think that that was on deck even before COVID hit and then um, their timing couldn't have been better. Mm, and absolutely. Right, I do sing your praises because it was very helpful to me. And then you probably know that I'm doing the coaching training now. So yay. Yes. Oh, really? Yes. Mm-hmm. Through, through awesome. Royal Roads? We, we can sure. join 
Oh, I'm, I'm doing a program out of the U S just because I needed something like asynchronous that I just did when I could do it sort of thing. Got it. And, uh, and so it's the life school, um, the life coach school and it's awesome. And, um, so yeah, so I'm hoping that MBMS will want, um, some peer coaching too. So that, that might be a little side gig. 100%. And and actually that, that just to, just to get a sense of the demand, um, that they went live or like just put a, put a notice out and within a day it was fully, it was actually oversubscribed. Oh my God. I know. So good, you know, big shout out to them. Lindy Brunswick Medical Society. And the, work they're doing oh, there. the people who are running it are like authentically and sincerely like concerned and want to be helpful. And like the design of it was by physicians with physicians, like very thoughtful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very cool. Well, I look forward to, uh, well, can I ask, maybe I can start by asking you a quick question about the um, coaching training you're taking. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you, what's the big, I don't know, like kind of learning in it for you so far? Um, well, there's probably a lot of unlearning first, because I'm about a third of the way through it, Dave, honestly, because when you're trained as a physician, I'm mm. sure you can appreciate, because most people have gone to the doctor, like you go to the doctor with your problem, the doctor kind mm-hmm. of hems and haws and mulls over things, you know, does our, does our woo and our voodoo and whatever we do, but we (laughs) tell you what to do. And then we get mad when you don't do it. And that's not really what coaching is. Coaching is a little different. It it sounds like parenting a little bit too, Sarah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, coaching has helped my parenting a lot because it's like, well, what do you, what do you think would make (laughs) you feel the best, you know? So that was the beauty of coaching is that you learn like in a nutshell, when people ask me like, what's your one liner? I say, um, coaching is learning how to find the answers within yourself. Yeah. Yeah. As a recipient of it, for sure. Yeah. And a good coach, I think, tees you up to then be able to like self coach later or else it wouldn't be called coaching. It would be called codependence. (laughs) Nice. Yes. Hey, geez, that's a good one. So Sarah, awesome. you got to write that one down. Like that's uh, th- th- that's got to be I'm, one of your one of the slogans for your for your future uh, coaching career. Just I'm like that. straight I'm up, right that. on the right on the website. Yeah. So I had to un- so I had to unlearn a lot of things because my temptation when I'm doing the practice is sort of like, have you tried this? Have you tried this? What about this? Why don't you try this? As opposed to, well, you know, yeah, how well, do you want to feel? <laughs> that's the uh, you know, and that's that's a big uh, differentiator between a consultant right? A consultant mm. is there. You're hiring a consultant to say, Hey, have you tried this? Or you mm. should do that. Um, big difference. And it's funny. Anything I know about coaching is from hanging out with Dave many, many, many years ago when we made our first film together about coaching. And I just remember Dave, when we were up in uh, somewhere in BC trail trail BC, and um, some of your colleagues were bringing out hats, like physical hats. And, uh, and each hat had a different word on it. One was coaching. One was consulting. One was, um, I can't remember. You would remember, Dave, what the other ones were. Probably like, like advising. And advising. Mentoring. Yeah, mentoring. And they all had a role. But the, oh. the point of the exercise was saying that these aren't coaching. Like coaching is this. But there's right. a role for all of them. And as a coach, you can actually put those other hats on. But as long as your coaching knows what's, what's going on, you know, it's uh, so I I found that really, really quite profound, but as a, as a doctor, you're a consultant. So you've, you're trying to shift. Not a friend though. Like neither role is a friend per se. Like that was the other thing, Dave was about like unlearning um, 
well, the, co- the trainers call it like jumping in the pool with people. So like, mm-hmm. Greg, if you came to me and you were like, oh my gosh, this, that, and the other thing. And like, you know, the kids are driving me crazy. So I could jump in the pool with you as a friend and be like, I know my kids are the same. They do that too, you know, but that's not helpful because then we're just kind of like, you know, going up the, the rungs of the ladder together. But if I say, oh, okay, well, why is that a problem? you know, and then help you explore it. Then I'm staying out of the pool. It's like, is it a problem? Is it a problem that, you know, your two-year-old wants to sleep in the same bed as you every night? Like that's my pediatric cat, you know, is that a problem? And people sometimes are like, actually, no, it's fine. I love it. Actually, I I'm love like, well, it. Then whose problem is it? <laughs> is it my problem? Because it's, you it's my doctor's problem. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, then maybe they should stop worrying about it, you know, but anyway, so it's just, it's funny because I think it's going to make me a better doctor too, because, um, you know, 80% of our practice now is like mental health. And so if we can't coach people to be their own champions, then people are just, you know, you see them kind of fall away and they're just not the captain of their own life at all. And so it's kind of trying to empower people too, is like, well, how do you want to feel? Well, I want to feel like when I go into that school meeting for my kid that I know what I'm talking about and I'm there as their advocate. Okay, well then, what do we have to think to do that? Sir, let's let's back up a little bit. Um, uh, we know that uh, you're a pediatrician and uh, and you you get to uh, to help uh, these amazing little humans, uh, mm-hmm. you know, through a whole bunch of different uh, areas of of their health journey. And uh, but you're also deeply involved with uh, other community uh, efforts, um, including. Uh, you know, my understanding of, of what you, how, how you work with different uh, women with addictions and, or people in general, I suppose, but because everything connects to the kid, if there's, if there's adult uh, issues that's impacting uh, the welfare of children, but uh, let's, let's rewind a little bit to that. Uh, Cause it's, it's the exciting thing here is you're a person that is building a career with a whole bunch of different branches, which is really cool because that's a choice mm-hmm. to do that. You know, you can stay in your lane only, or you can, uh, you know, go off in a couple of different paths, all in the same direction. And I think that's why I'm, I'm excited to hear from, uh, from you today. Oh, well, thanks, Greg. Um, I take it as a compliment when people tell me I'm not staying in my own lane. So I'm sure that I get to decide how I think about that because maybe some people are like, why can't you just stay in your own lane? Because it's boring. <laughs> Listen, when I'm driving, I, I got to, in winter, I got to do donuts. Anytime I see like a parking lot, I'm getting off the road. I'm going to do a few donuts, get right back on the road and I'm still going in the right direction. So. Yeah. Well, so the latest donut is that we uh, have a nonprofit that we got our nonprofit status in uh, over COVID. And that was, that's New Brunswick Social Pediatrics Incorporated, which is basically um, our entity to try to kind of move the needle, needle on intergenerational poverty in St. John and in New Brunswick is our commitment. We're still working on our full strategic plan. We're building our board, which is kind of a, an awesome motley crew of like people who are from different sectors and mainly people who are totally out of my lane, not even on the same road in a different, <laughs> on the highway. No. And, um, and trying to learn, you know, what I don't know. That's awesome. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And what, what, uh, I, I know you as a friend, so I kind of know mm-hmm. the answer because you're interested in life and it, interested in adventures, but what led you to kind of step out a little bit further to kind of, kind of make some impact in the community through nonprofits and anti-poverty initiatives, et cetera. Well, I, um, I mean, as a pediatrician, you sort of start out 
nervous to do your job like anybody, right? Like you come out of training and you're in that sort of steep learning curve of the first year or two. And the stress of that is one thing because you're afraid you're going to make a mistake and you're afraid you're going to, I don't know, give somebody the wrong medication or do something like that. And then I quickly realized that actually the stress for me was that I wasn't with the training that I had with medicine, the way it is, wasn't actually going to do the good and the impact that I wanted with that training. And not to say that kind of doing that work um, doesn't make a difference, but what I was seeing in my practice was more and more and more kids who were coming out of um, trauma and toxic stress and poverty. And then like we, I was on the receiving end of that generation of like kids who were impacted by things like Donnie Snook in the South end. And, and like, I think we should just speak truth to that stuff. Like there's some terrible things that's happened in our community. And like, if there was ever a time in Canada to start openly talking about terrible things, like now's the time. And so I think it was about openly talking about the terrible things and the inequity and um, sort of saying, you know, okay, do we have a plan for this? What are we going to do about this? And there's lots of wonderful people in St. John who've been working on this for far longer than I have. But where I saw a gap was how is the medical and the healthcare community starting to own their piece of this and really kind of give back. And so a few of like-minded people just said, well, we think that means that we get our butts out of our offices and into the community and meet people where they are, because we knew that people, we weren't getting the reach of the people that really needed to see us. And so it was time to be flexible, be nimble. And sometimes that meant like clinics in Charlotte County, clinics in Graminan, clinics in Sussex. But it also meant like, I'm going to go to the school and see that family because they're not never going to take the two buses to come see me at the hospital with the four or the $14 of parking or the pack a lunch or the whatever. It's just not going to happen in February with three kids and blah, blah, blah. So it was more like, is it time? It's, it's time to take the very traditional boxed in medical model and say, how does that fit into St. John and how do we become flexible to meet the needs of St. John? And so that's where some of the ideas came from. And that's what you're talking about with the piece around people who use drugs, people who use drugs have babies and they do it actually quite a bit. And when you think about um, breaking cycles of intergenerational poverty, Basically, we're seeing babies born exposed to drugs and alcohol, families who have had like exponential trauma in their lives. So like we have had a tradition of punishing those people. How do we move to a place where we support these people? My belief and my value is, is that if you support people, then that's the road to better outcomes. That's the road to better communities. And so that's what we're doing. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, 4Kids Flashback. 4Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at 4Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four Kids Flashback.
I love that. I, yeah, me too. And I, I'm going to just, I, I want to learn more about what this, the nonprofit, Sarah. And I just, I think it's awesome. I got to jump here in a second. Um, there's, a big, there's a big lineup actually to get into give the get, oh, man. I guess it's like, I guess it's, it's, it's like you're going to a rock concert man it's, it's uh, kind of like that except second, everyone's, second social, everyone's socially distanced and wearing masks so it's a little bit different <laughs> but i just i'm just gonna say i just i just you know it's so important to you know that approach of meeting people where they're at and um you know good for you sarah and, and i i agree like like it's so um like we got, you know, when you say this is this is the time we should be talking about the, having those tough conversations, and it feels like those conversations are starting to happen because we can't turn a blind eye to stuff. You know, what I'm thinking of all everything we're learning about the the, the treatment of Indigenous people, um, and it's really caused me to have some, I think, really interesting conversations, correspondence with my Indigenous friends to you know stuff I just wasn't aware of. You know, and I just wish, you know, we had the vehicle to or the ability to have these conversations earlier, but I'm just happy they're happening now and not in 10 years. So um, mm. I just, I think that's, that's, that is super awesome. Keep doing good work, Sarah. I'll let you guys, Thanks, I'll let you know if it's yep. more than a couple, how many beers I'll need after this. Okay. <laughs> good luck, Dave. And Sarah and I will keep going. Uh, to okay. finish Thanks, Dave, us off. See you guys. Enjoy yeah. it. Take a, take a picture. See ya. <laughs> See, it's it, it is rare that halfway through one of us has to go. I, actually, it's never happened before. But I think it's a good enough excuse. It's okay, I think it keeps it real. It doesn't. It doesn't mean. Well, I don't know. It's it makes the podcast like historic, not timeless. Because people are like he's going for a what? In the a what? It's like, oh yeah, no, remember twenty twenty one when everybody wanted vaccines really, really bad? Oh, I remember that. And you know, it's funny. It, it, it that kind of does relate um, to you know what he just said about the conversations we're having right now how we wish we had it when we were younger like around our first nations issues around residential schools like you and i went to uh went to an education where we didn't really know much about we weren't taught about that sort of trauma we learned it uh, you know on our own as adults and uh but our kids are learning about it right now which is incredible right so oh my um, gosh steve sent me this picture because they were up at the golf course having lunch I was away. I forget where I was now. I was just like, not away away, but I was like in Fredericton or something. And he's like, look what Eddie wrote. So Eddie's my eight-year-old. Right. And so he has doodled on the, um, paper menu, um, black lives matter, indigenous lives matter and LGBTQ. Like he had a whole bunch of letters, God love him, but like (laughs) LGBTQ, um, (laughs) lives matter. And, I like Greg, I, I mean, we talk about these things cause we're amazing. a family that talks, but about everything, yeah. but it, I was like, what does he even know about like what? And then it, you know what? It's school. Uh, it, it's it gets us, but it's school too. Yeah. Like they're reading, they're doing projects, they're talking about it. Um, when they um, discovered the unmarked graves of the 215 um, children in Kamloops, he, I kind of talked to him about it because I knew he, they would talk about it at school and I wanted to kind of give him a heads up. And he, um, you know, he got super teary and he was like, I don't understand. And, you know, and so then it's like, he's like, it, actually what he said, Greg was, I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I don't want to talk about it either, but this is how, this is our obligation to be uncomfortable be mm-hmm. with this because it's so awful that we can't afford to we can't let it happen it. again. And I think that's the whole point. Yeah. And what you're saying about, uh, you know, the, the, the status quo of punishing people in poverty uh, and with yeah. addiction, um, the, the very fact that we're having this conversation right now um, 
as we get educated ourselves in our own adult journey. Um, Wouldn't it be great if Eddie and Kaya and Willow, like that's not going to be an issue in their generation. I don't know if that's the case, but wouldn't that be nice if that that experience of empathy and not judgment is um, taught uh, at a very young age? And it starts with adults like us having podcasts like this to inspire change in the education system or how parents talk to their kids. Like you just said, it's okay to get uncomfortable and talk about really crazy stuff to our kids, you know? Yeah. Well, my favorite is a friend of mine in BC, Chris Locke. She's a pediatrician out there and she just has like this genuine sort of wisdom about her. Because when you get angry about these things and like in our community, there's a few things to be angry about. Um, you know, when you feel like calling people out and that's such like an, over, like an uh, uh, offensive, like mm-hmm. calling rocks. people out. And she likes to talk about, yeah, but what if we flip that? And we talked about like calling people in yeah, that, like totally. we're all in a process of learning. So like, mm-hmm. I'm calling you in to have this conversation with me because I have things to learn, lots to learn. You know, I have things to share. Um, let's hold space for each other and have that compassion. So but that's so a skill set that needs, that same direction. It needs to be learned. And it's really cool because you, if you're going, you know, as you're going through your, uh, your coaching training, you're going to be learning a lot about that, about uh, creating space and holding space for people, right. Uh, as a life coach. And uh, well, that's the, that's the pool part, right? Like if somebody says like, Oh, you know, like they're doing something that I don't agree with. How do you stay neutral? Right. But you have to, because that's not what this is about. Yeah. And it's, um, it's funny, uh, maybe, oh, actually last week's bo- uh, Boiling Point podcast was with Li- uh, Lily Lynch from Sankara Market. And uh, you know, Lily? I don't know. Oh, listen to this episode. It's, it's okay. really good. Oh, it's excellent. But anyway, L- Lily taught me about calling in really well. Oh, okay. um, all right. Sorry. So I didn't mean. No, to... no, no. But it was, it was in a really neat way. Just your point, Lily, if you listen to this. Yeah. Well, Thank you should you. Listen, just make a point of listening to the we didn't go deep into this concept. It was previous to the episode that we talked about it, but we, we mentioned mm-hmm. it a little bit, but uh, uh, I was asked to speak at a, um, a UNB TME uh, event, digital event. And uh, it was only a few months ago. And they asked me, one of the questions was, how do you get invited to be on stages like TEDx's mm-hmm. or whatever? And my answer was just say yes. Every time you have a chance to speak, say yes, just to practice, whether it's to a high school or to uh just keep saying yes. And, um, yeah. and uh, she was on that meeting and she sent me a note later and she goes, great. Uh, that's awesome. But the problem with that is um, it's not everybody is being asked uh, people that look like me, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, that are and me, white and loud and, yep. <laughs> uh, you know, doing interesting things that once you get a little bit of media attention, for example, it just, it keeps on going, you know, because mm. it's the way journalism works too. And you're, you're looking for a story, they call Sarah, looking for a story, look for, you know, it's kind of how it works. So um, she was just saying, it's maybe you should, um, maybe we should talk as a society about how do we, um, how do we step aside when we're asked mm. to come in and open space for other people to, to show up. Right. I was like, that is so good because it's, um, it's so important for me to realize that, you know, I can suck all the oxygen out of the air, no problem. But, and it doesn't matter to, to my career, but it really could, it could be the massive mm-hmm. benefit for somebody else who's struggling or not known or somebody that doesn't mm-hmm. look like me. Well, so anyway, responsibility uh, as an ally to sort of say, yeah. you know, it doesn't ha- thank you very much. I'm going to offer you, you know, and like you, you um, almost like, 
I'm looking for the better word than this, but sort of like vouch for this person. So then you, we use our power, our privilege, our collateral to lift somebody else up into that space. So then they can, you know, that's what I think part of that allyship is. Yeah, like, how do I yeah. use the power that I have to make space for somebody else? It's all connected. Every, everything we've had on this conversation from the beginning, it's, it, it's all connected to what you, you're doing and where you're going. And I think it's, it it's so awesome that you're doing, I didn't know, know that you're jumping into, uh, into coaching in a more, uh, uh, more official. Well, it's, it's approach. so I can work for Mexico, Greg, let's get real. See it all. Yeah, because, you know, Dave Matthews will be playing there on the beach again, <laughs> soul fish. And so, you know, and yeah. you so know, did I buy Dave Matthews tickets? I did not buy Dave Matthews tickets. Did I buy <laughs> fish tickets? Yes, sir. I did. Did you really? Mexico 2022. Oh shit! Should I be getting tickets? Yes. Good luck. They're probably sold out. You can stay in our room. Okay, thank you. I'm coming. <laughs> I just gotta work on Jess. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Sarah, um, uh, you know, typically we want people to know how to get a hold of uh, our guests. What's the best yeah. way for people to follow what you're doing and and to be in touch for any uh, any connection? So we have a website. It's nbsocialpediatrics.com. Uh, on there, you'll find some a lot of what we're doing because we have a whole research program, which is connected with Horizon Health because that's where I work. And then there's our whole clinical program, which we're opening our new center on Princess Street, the old laundromat for the genres nice. out there Amazing. on Princess Street that will open yeah. in two weeks. And then we have our nonprofit, which is sort of the like website under construction piece, but all of our contact is there. The program for women who um, face addiction and um, their babies is called the Parent Child Assistance Program. All the info is there and anything else, all the wonderful students that we work with that it's a very, very, very much a team. I think we have nine students this summer. Awesome. We have something like seven employees, but we partner with lots of people. Like our, we have MBA students. It's awesome. There was no business for a doctor to open a nonprofit. Like, thank God I have people doing budgets and, and things like that. So I built a pretty awesome team. You but it's are all for inc- St. John and New Brunswickers and it's awesome. Well, thank you, Sarah, for being such an inspiration. And uh, please, let's let's see each other more this summer because our, our families need to get together again. <laughs> we would love that. We would love that, Greg. Thanks very much for having me. Awesome, Sarah. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hey listeners, I'm Christy and I'm Melissa and this is Buried Motives where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back and that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. 
Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. <laughs>